I have been slowly falling down this rabbit hole. And I got up Stay Flight Crew. I love it. I love it, man. It's uh, the world of online debate is so fascinating. It is just. We go pick a topic. I tell you why you're wrong. You tell me by why I'm wrong. And the audience listens and we either get smarter or very, very dumb at by the end. But it's cool because there are so much of these headline topics such as, you know, women's pay gap or, you know, police shootings or immigration that we are very passionate and triggered about. And when two different sides can come together, we can see who actually has the best arguments. One of the recent debates that I've watched is by a guy by the name of Vosh. And he brought in one of the most, uh, I guess, well-established counterpoints to his views. Um, this is a guy named, uh, let's see if I can get his name right, Warren Farrell. And basically they have a discussion just about feminists or feminism and where feminism is going, what's right with it, what's wrong with it. And off the top, you're like, two guys talking about feminism. This is what is this? <laughs> you know, but it got to a very interesting point. One of the biggest things or takeaways that I got from this video or this podcast was an interesting concept on how exactly in society do we, you know, actually fill that gender pay app. And just, you know, for some context, the gender pay gap, pay gap basically says, what is it? For every a dollar a man makes, a woman makes 70%. But that statistic is actually what it's doing is it's accounting for the aggregate supply. So if we added up all the salaries of men and all the salaries of women, that's what it would be. But if we actually factored out for the same job, same role, it'd be about for every dollar a man makes, a woman makes like 93 cents. That's basically what the gender wage gap is studying. And both of those gaps that I just named, the seven cents gap or the 30 cents gap, both of those in society, we want to know how would we close them if that's something we wanted to do, right? I think what's interesting about the the conversation that Flash had is a lot of the solutions to actually getting women to be paid more actually has to deal with men in a sense, more than women. And let me explain this. So one of the biggest things that is happening in our economy right now is women have to bear the whole brunt. I mean, basically the whole brunt of like child rearing, right? And society is not compensating women for that at all. Not even like a little bit. So you go to a workplace and you're going to have a kid. That's nine months off right off the bat. Those nine months you had off, maybe someone else in your role or in your organization that's been working for the, those nine months, maybe that person has a better claim to actually um, getting the promotion than you do. You know, in those nine months, are you getting paid at the same wage that you were? Or maybe your pay is a bit more cut because you're not working, you're making like, uh, unemployment insurance plus a bit of your wage, depending on what your salary or your contract, what's what's in there, right? And a lot of times, you know, it's not just the pregnant part of why you're off work, but it's the after being pregnant. 
You know, some people, uh, you know, they're more incapacitated after pregnancy than others. And of course, having a young child, um, it's no easy task. Like that thing's like a, basically a demon. It's a mutant spawn. It's keeping you up all the time. Uh, basically, you have sleep insomnia the whole week. Now, how do we solve a lot of these things that are holding, you know, the pay gap hostage and keeping it there? And a lot of the solutions actually have to do with um, bringing the men into the conversation. And what I mean by that is not a lot of places in society do we have um, rules to make men take time off when they have a kid. You notice when a woman has a kid, those three months after have to go to the woman? If we were able, you know, and it makes sense because, you know, they're recovering and pregnancy is pretty... Uh, intensive stuff, but if we made the man actually stay home and him have to take pay leave, or sorry, him have to take daddy leave, or, or, or um, instead of maternity leave, paternity leave, I think they call it. If they made him take that, and it wasn't so frowned upon in our society, then I think that would do a wonders for the pay gap. There's a lot of times like men taking time off work is just so frowned upon on these career salary jobs and. This is something that really has to be, I think, come down from the federal government to make companies really offer this and make men take these things seriously. I think um, what's interesting in workplaces that have a lot of women, because before, of course, you know, companies that would have women in the workplace, this is when like there was less rights in society would see them as a huge burden because they're just like these potential positions where they're just going to get pregnant and basically I'm going to have to pay them and I'm not going to get anything out of it. And what I've, just in my short career in finance or in life, have realized is that having women in your workplace brings such a healthy balance to the organization. For instance, it's like this. Someone gets pregnant, a maternity leave position is opened, all of a sudden, that's like a three-month or a year role that's created for someone to transfer into. And when that person from maternity leave comes back, now they can learn a different role. It creates like a healthy um, cycle in your position where people are constantly filling out like you know uh, documents on how they did their job. People are being promoted. They're being rerouted through your organization. All of a sudden, everyone gets very versatile in multiple roles, and they become very flexible. That's what you want in an organization. That builds that stickiness, that foundation. I think another thing that's really going to raise the wage gap or or tighten it um, is the notion of having working from home be normalized across multiple companies. You see, a lot of these office jobs, there is no reason you can't work from home in them. Or at least work from home at least three days of the week. And I think, especially with this recession or this pandemic situation that's happening where a lot of jobs are, you know, they're forced to adapt to a working from home model. is It's going to create such flexibility in the workplace. You see, a lot of those early years, especially if, you know, there's two parents involved and both of them have office jobs it becomes much easier for the parents to raise a kid if the you know the guy can take two works 
days a week and work from home when the girl can take three days and work from home. I can see this as increasing, um, you know, or decreasing the amount of months or weeks that a parent has to take from maternity leave. Because, of course, yes, it's annoying to have to, you know, look after a kid and work at the same time. But for those first years, they're basically sleeping. And all you got to do is like, you know, when they yell, you go change their diaper, give them something to eat, and then you're back to work because they're probably back to sleep. They sleep all the time. They're like little sleep monkeys. Like they, they really don't do much. Um, I think this was going to do tremendous things, like absolutely tremendous things for just the overall wage gap. You know, one of the biggest insights in the wage gap is when you really start looking at it is you start to see how just in the workplace, women who just forego kids and don't have any kids, they're basically earning the same rate as men at that point. And you can see the real hurdle is the whole kid situation, how women have to carry the whole brunt of that, um, you know, that life choice. And the men really aren't affected in the same way. Matter of fact, one could argue that men are compensated more when, you know, their wife has a kid. It seems that it's not an issue of men out earning women, but almost fathers out earning mothers where, you know, realistically most people are going to have children. So that incorporates a lot of people. And there's a bunch of reasons or things that we could do in society to really get around this. I think something that's interesting is just in how we pick mates on the very surface of it alone, you know, for instance, uh, they gave this example in the debate, and I thought it was a, it just made me think, right? You think of the, of the example as, you know, the high-powered, the high-professional woman who's in university to become a lawyer. She's at a party, and then she meets a guy who's like, I don't know, he's working at, maybe he's making $15, $20 an hour at a hardware store. And, you know, he just wants to kind of work through the hardware store chain. He really likes it. He really enjoys it. He meets this woman, high-powered lawyer at, a, at the firm, and they start to talk about what they're into. Now, in society currently as it is, and this is just maybe anecdotal off of what I've seen, is that high-careered women want men who are similar on a similar path. And this has to do with men a bit as well, of course. You know, men typically date people on a similar path as them as well. But just in the dating world alone, anecdotally, so I don't have hard facts for this, but it seems that men are just more forgiving when it comes to people's careers. You know, like if a guy thinks a girl that works at McDonald's is cute, he's not going to peg her for it. Whereas the accountant, the girl accountant, isn't going to go into McDonald's and see as any of those people as their future, you know, mates. And while career is important and everything, it just seems that in a society where a woman wants to really dominate her career, she would she would really want to pick a man who is more comfortable taking a backseat and who really enjoys the child-rearing process. You know, if you're two people who are in high-career-oriented fields, it may be harder for that man to sacrifice going to a career and taking care of a kid if 
um, the woman wants to really go and work 12 hours a day, right? It's it's things that aren't really um, talked about. And it's always implied that the woman will end up taking care of the kids. So I think maybe those society changes where, you know, women are looking for people who want to be more stay-at-home dads is something that will raise the overall pay. I don't really see that coming anytime soon. I think we're pretty locked into gender roles. But I see with this recession, having, you know, working from home is a big one. Um, and I can see in the future where maybe some sort of um, more emphasis on, you know, guys having to take paternity leave. Of course, the government will have to mandate that, which I don't think that's happening soon. But the working from home thing, I think it could cause a big tightening in the wage gap. But what do you think? I am on Twitter. Twitter is at Flystewie on Twitter, of course. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think there. I'm trying to go on more, uh, you know, trying to get these Twitter fingers going. But as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. If you loved investing, but you love it with a little uneducation, make sure to subscribe. I am here multiple days per week. And let's kill this investing together, guys. We got to take off. Fly Stewie, out.